New on Curiosity Stream. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. I was thinking to myself, Daryl's never late. Hello? Hello? Daryl's never late. Is this it's always? It's always, it's always 10, 10.55 or five minutes to, and Daryl is, is there, ready, willing, and able. Lots of air to fill today, TK. Lots of Lots air, of to, air fill. to fill. What's going on today? What, what's the difference between today and any other day? Like, uh, comment, subscribe. Get in there. Get know? in there. Get in there. Get know? in there. Get 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 know? in there. Anonymous. Drop a comment. Say what you got to say. Speak your mind. YouTube. No one's going to know. And it's fun. And it's fun. Fun. It's fun. That's where the fun is on this show. That's where the fun is. In the comment section below. And don't forget to leave a comment or a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. 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 Do that as well. Do that as well. Yeah. And TK, you can find me on Twitter at the Frankfurt Report in yeah. case we almost forgot. What was it? Check us out on Spotify. No, yes. that wasn't it. No, that wasn't it. TK, okay. happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I'm, I think all you the deserve mothers a, out there. I think you deserve a break today. Happy uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. All Enjoy the mothers out there. Beautiful Sunday. Everybody who identifies as a mother as well. If you have a mother, if you had a mother, if you are a mother, if you need a mother, happy Mother's happy Day. Happy Mother's if Day. If you know a mother. Happy Mother's Day. I Do well, you want to... Should we talk about headlines? You want to talk about boots on the ground? Let's do Let's your boots do a little on boots ground. on the ground first, right? Just to kind of give everybody perspective because it's such a unique situation. I am in a very unique situation. First of all, I'm on a very large team. So I get a high volume of transactions that I get to be exposed to, but also a team that is spread out geographically more than any other team, probably in Canada. So we've got like Oakville, uh, Burlington, uh, maybe Hamilton, like West to Coburg, Clarington, uh, Peterborough, Barry, like Innisfil, like all these areas, like really, really far reaching. There's a partner of mine who lives there and works there actively on our team that I get to meet with several times a week on Zoom and hear exactly what's going on in their markets. And then, of course, there's a bunch of us in the city and suburbs and all that kind of stuff, too. So I really get a good feel for how things are moving. And, um, there's a lot of inconsistencies. So uh, I was talking to someone about waterfront properties this week, actually yesterday. And she told me, she said, there's still not a lot of supply. There really isn't much out there. So anything that's coming up is still getting gobbled up in multiple offers, especially if it's in the million dollars or like give or take, you know, 800 to 1.2, something like that. There just isn't enough of those properties available. And the people who are waterfront owners or, or buyers you know, generally are a little bit more financially stable. So we don't have this rush of listings because people can't afford them anymore. And those the people who wanted to buy a, a secondary property, like a waterfront property, are really not impacted by interest rates as much as somebody who's doing, you know, 80% loan to value type of property uh, purchases and stuff like that too. So waterfront seems to be doing really, really fantastic. Um, Where's that demand at, coming from? Still from local people? 
from people who couldn't get it last year, people who are still been trying to buy. And then I had this, uh, you know, people that I'm dealing with that are, are looking to move to waterfront as their retirement plan, right? That's what they want. They've got properties maybe down south or they've got, uh, you know, a condo or like whatever it is, but they've got different scenarios that they want to be on a lake for the next 40 years. Hopefully they live that long, you know, like that's what it is. Right. So there is, there is a demand there. There's definitely a lot of people who are open to get into waterfront and uh, you know, we'll see how that market turns out. I'm not, I'm not a waterfront market expert, but I, I talk to the experts and they all definitely seem to say that that market's still pretty strong. Um, comfortably, I would have told you that if you priced a property well, you would still be able to get it sold this week. I would have told you, you know, the only reason people aren't able to get properties sold is because they're not pricing it well. But I have had some, you know, realities uh, brought to me this week, which was, you know, properties still priced attractively, pr 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 properties that are priced incredibly well, still aren't getting the traction that they once were and definitely aren't selling as quickly. Now, things are still selling. Tons of offers. We, we sold a lot of properties this week. Who is selling right now? Who is, what do you mean? Who, who are the sellers today? Uh, they must have to sell in an environment like this, don't they? Majority <laughs> of the people that I talk to, yes. Um, but I know that there's other people out there too from anecdotal you know, evidence that people who are just trying to get out of the market and think that they can get a certain price and if they sell, then they'll move if not. So there's still a bunch of those listings out there where people are relisting them higher or at price points that don't exist anymore. And so then we're seeing that people are not willing to accept the new reality, which is January, February, and March prices have been nearly wiped off the map in most areas. There are areas that I'm seeing still record prices, especially in Toronto and the core, higher prices than ever in certain neighborhoods this week. So tell us, okay. you were about to tell us, tell us that story you, you started telling me this week about your, your, your listing that didn't get any offers. Uh, this week. Okay. So yeah, property, property in the junction that came up that is priced. Well, I think it's priced where it should be. I think that it's a great number. I think it's a great property. It's a great location needs a little bit of updating, but didn't get any offers this week. We've got a lot of people buzzing around and, and it looks like an offer is going to be coming in soon. Um, but definitely, you know, way different than what would have happened a month ago or, or, or two months ago. Uh, so that's, that's something to just sort of be, be a little bit alarming on. Did you get an offer since then? No offer, no, offer yet. Was, offer date was this week, and we haven't got the offer yet. No, no offer at all. Wow. I got low ball. I got low balls offer. Uh, low ball so, offers on. on. Uh, oh, you did. So, but I got what, low ball what, offers on another property. But hold on. What's this? What's this seller doing right now? Are they like freaking out? Do they have to sell? Are they like wait? Like no, are they're they about to get? They're, they're like okay, fuck it. If we don't get our number, like we're off the market. They're they're comfortable. You know, like they're, everybody always anybody who goes on the market. You know. I is hoping to sell. Right. But at the end of the day, their situation is pretty stable and uh, you know, they're not up against a gun or anything like that, which a lot of people could be right. In those, in those types of situations, they're not uh, one of the properties. I won't say where it is. One of the properties of God is a, is a, is a more motivated type of seller. So we're going to see, we listed that property this week, really good activity. Uh, we're, we got an offer date next week. Like for me to not put an offer date, it's like crazy. Cause Another listing that I put up this week that has an offer date next week, I'm getting bully offer calls. Like people are calling me saying, would you take this? Like over asking, right? So different product, 
it's a it's a condo in Brampton that's uh, you know adult living and that people really like it and that not many come up and this is the largest model and it's priced high the highest listed price ever in the building list price Brampton, lower than the highest Brampton lower than the highest sale price but just keeps defying the odds all yeah. the time Brampton is like this lone it's, little it's a unique condo building that's super sweet it's, uh, thirty via Rosedale it's like adult living. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens again that, you know, that that's, I'm getting activity. I'm just looking at my listings here. Um, you know, the commercial multifamily stuff, the development stuff, all that stuff is slow. It's dead. I'm not getting much activity and people are really like stretching a couple offers I got this week on the one site is uh, way lower than, uh, than the sellers were expecting and, and lower than any other offers we'd had previously. Got another one coming up next week at Dufferin and 401. This is the guy who backed on to the um, develop it that Fitzrovia bought at the uh, Holiday Inn, right? I remember so that. We're, put, we're, we're putting up we're putting up that one on the market next week. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, overall, it's like there's a lot of people out there right now confused, and I think you just kind of have to manage expectations and understand where we're at. We're still we're still in a pretty strong market overall. It's not like things have collapsed are we seeing like things recessing and, and we're going in the wrong direction according to price growth? Absolutely. Like prices are going down right now. Like no, no, no doubt about it. They're trending down. Average price is trending down. Everything's piling up. Everything's trending areas. the wrong way. Like yeah. everything's going in the wrong direction. Well, that's right the now. way you're, well, that's your perspective. That's a subjective statement, right? Maybe it's trending the right way for, for somebody. Right. So it's, it's just one of those things. We're, we're in that market right now. We dealt with this in 2017. That one was short-lived. Uh, people adjusted. What we noticed in 2017 was there was just a ton of fear, a, a bunch of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to overpay. I heard about these crazy prices, the fear of missing out, and everyone put the brakes on. So a lot of people just put the brakes on and, and then we're like, Hey, you know what? I need a, I need an extra bedroom. I got a baby coming out in two, two months. I, I can't just stay in this one bedroom condo or, you know, like my mom's, you know, need, needs to, you know, get out of that two-story home and into a, into a condo, like she's got to buy, or, uh, you know, somebody who says that they are relocating for work. Like there's a ton of reasons that people have to move, that they are going to move, that they, that they're, it's out of necessity, not just because they think that it's a good financial decision. Yeah. You can, you can only put the brakes on. Yeah. You can only put the brakes on for so long, right? Eventually you got to jump back in. So I'm, we talked about it a little bit uh, last week's show and I've been talking about it a little bit on Twitter. Um, My father-in-law's situation uh, where they're trying to back out of the deal like we're still negotiating this thing. This thing's supposed to close uh, tomorrow on Monday. And we're still like negotiating, like fixing this and doing this and this uh, discount. And it's Keep like, their deposit. Keep their deposit. Relist the property. Tell them. It, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But like, this is what happens. So, you know, and th- he can't be the only one caught in this kind of time frame where he bought his new place in... Uh, I don't know, November, he moved in in January, then he, you know, like a lot of people he bought first, and then he was going to sell later, he has a little bit of money. So he was able to buy the new place, move in, bridge the two, and then uh, uh, sell the other one. And he sold it at the top, top of the market, like March 3rd or something, right? He sold it March 3rd. And now they're like, hmm. And I guarantee you, like, 
I guarantee you, I've seen the people, the, the, the parents gave a considerable amount of money towards this house and they're watching their investment start to plummet and it's going to come underappraised. And it's just, it's a, it's a disaster. It's a micro disaster, right? Mm-hmm. It's not happening like on this large scale, but I mean, how many people are caught in this predicament? How many people will be caught in this predicament, right? I've had, I've had a couple already. We got them closed. I got one more that I'm holding my breath on. I've had two sellers pass away before closing in the last month. So we, what? you know, people, people come to me, the person's really old or in their nineties or they're close to their, their, uh, <laughs> Bless you. that'd be good for the recording. Uh, they, um, you know, have power of attorney. The, the kids are like, what do I do? And I'm like, get the house on the market as soon as possible. Let's get the shortest closing possible because otherwise you're dealing with probate estate. And then that could be months and, and you end up, uh, you know, missing the market. So they took my advice. We got it sold. We got top dollar. Everything went well. One of them closed. We got a um, uh, expedited probate. It was in Toronto. No, no, no issues. It got the lawyer got it done in two weeks, which is incredible. And uh, you know that was fantastic. So, so right now, if you're navigating a situation or a sale, is what's more important, like a little bit more money or a shorter closing? Shorter closings and shorter closing, right? right? So, yeah. so here, here's the scenario. This is actually a great scenario. I'm going to share it with you guys. I don't think that the agent would be listening to our show. <laughs> We're not that popular. Nobody listens. <laughs> okay. So here's what happened. So the next, the next one, the seller passes away one week before closing. Closing is next week. All right. To get probate in one week is impossible. And the appraisal just happened last week. And I know that it's at least a couple hundred grand under because I'm looking at the most recent sales in the area. One of them is 300 grand less than what we sold for. Okay. In February or early March, maybe we sold. And uh, so I'm like, these guys are going to want out of the deal. If we go back to them and say, we need an extension because our sellers passed away and we're waiting for the probate. Guess what they get to do? They say, no, closing date. We're ready to close. Are you? No. Give us our deposit back. We don't want to buy the property anymore. We're out. You guys are you guys are in breach. Exactly. So what the lawyer and I did was just for saying it. We constructed a plan. We said we know that they haven't done their appraisal yet. We know that they haven't been able to get their financing in line. We know that things are going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble for sure. And we don't know if we're going to have our probate on time or not by next week. It's impossible to tell. So he told me he's like, this day I'm going to file. This day I'll have the death certificate. This day. Best case scenario, yada, yada, yada. Luckily, this person had died in the Durham region. So he got to go to the Oshawa courts. It, made, it was a lot faster. But the plan was this. And this Luckily. was that I came that I came up with that whole that that would have would have saved the deal if we needed it. We were going to delay the appraisal so that when the appraisal comes in, it was right, worse. He's not no, he's not gonna get his appraisal now until Monday, which is still true, right? If if, if, if I didn't get the probate certificate by Friday, I would have delayed the appraisal on Friday so that he would have ended up not being able to do the appraisal till next week. So then they would come to us for the extension. Then, they, then we would say, you know what? We're nice. We'll give you a free extension two weeks because we know times are hard. Appraisals are coming in short. You need more time to get your financing. We understand. And we would have got an extension from these guys 
Meanwhile, after we would have got that agreed on, we would have said, by the way, our seller passed, we'll send you the certificate of appointment of a state trustee when we've got it. And then that would have been saving the day. But luckily Friday, the lawyer called me and he says he was able to get the, the, the certificate on time on Friday, let them go ahead with their appraisal. And uh, you know, if we need to give them an extension still, that's okay as well too. Right. But so this, this is now like just... high level stuff here when you're trying to get the closing date done because your seller passes. Now the buyer can get out of the deal if you don't so, have the this certificate. Is... This is the uh, above board place you go to come up with a solution potentially for that, for that problem. Well, yeah. Well, when has that like, problem ever happened? No, right? I, yeah. You got to, you got to find a way to, to, to make this work, get them to extend. Right. So Crazy. anyways, we, we lucked out now, if they extend, we'll see if the appraisal is coming in short. We'll see if the guy's got the money or not to cover it. But it's, anyways, it's my guys are on my here. side. It's yeah, pandemonium so out here. Those are the situations. Yeah. So hold on a sec. Let's look at the headlines, TK. Two thirds of Canadians concerned about rising home prices. Um, am I missing something? I mean, I still think obviously long-term prices are going to go up, but is this guy behind on, uh, is this guy behind on things? Well, you think it would be like three, three thirds or like so four fourths. But or about like, uh, home prices 100% rising, of people. <laughs> isn't everybody sitting here like watching prices crumble at the moment? Oh, well, this is, remember, people don't understand, right? This is a survey. So, you know, you talk to the average person, they may not right. know that. So, right? okay. So we have so this. one third of the people got the news, two thirds are, are not aware. But just so, back to that article, one of the things that was um, pretty significant was go down a little bit more was a was um the amount of people it was like a quarter of people are worried about paying their rent or mortgage really yeah so it's like one in one in four people i don't know if you're too fast there though but a quarter of people one in four are actually concerned right now about paying their rent and their mortgage Right. Because now, because they're talking about it, right? Like gas prices are going up, food prices are going up, people are struggling. We already know that people had, had had issues before the pandemic started. We know the government came in and gave us all this stimulus and saved people. Anybody who I knew had two, three mortgages, I bailed them out over the last two years because we were able to sell their properties for enough money to close. Now that the market changes, if anybody else is within those situations, getting second, third mortgages, which there are still people doing that today, I promise you they're not going to have that measure to be able to bail themselves out and to be able to get, um, you know, get things back on track. So I think we will see a rise in uh, uh, delinquencies uh, on mortgages for sure. And that's going to force prices higher. No, that's going to create prices to be lower. Hmm. It's a downward pressure because there's going to be uh, power sales or, or fire sales. Essentially people are just looking to get out. This is great. Hot housing market turns realtor incomes inflation proof. This yeah. is funny. It's I put true. out a tweet this week, something about, you know, realtors commissions and, you know, is it fair that prices went up a hundred percent and their commissions went along with it? And man, some people went bananas. Ooh, like other realtors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Actually, I, actually reading this article, like I'm like, it's very sour tasting when I read this article, they're just like, do you know, do you know how, how many, uh, how great my advice is? Do you know how great my advice is? Like when I give advice, I make you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like that is baloney. 
That is baloney. Any, Lately, anybody knows anyways. that any any business advice or anything else like that without you actually physically spending money. Like literally, it's like, look, I told you to paint your door red. All right. Listen, all right. I'm worth every dollar you paid me. All right. That red, I picked that red out of a color wheel of a thousand reds. All right. That red right there is what made you get that sale price. I think we should list it at a dollar. <laughs> Let's see what happens. 9.99. We're gonna stick it on the MLS, and I'm gonna get my sister-in-law to take the photos. All right. That's right. This is- and I'm gonna have this like person who knows nothing about real estate sitting at the open house. Oh, there's no more open yeah. houses. Do we do open houses? Not open again? houses. No, no. There's open houses. Are open houses yeah, back open again? Houses. That's they're cool. definitely. I've never. They haven't been back. They're, well, not, they're so, not back. But people but do I, them. So, so but hot but only house, the neighbors go. Hot housing market. Okay. Yeah. Two thirds of Canadians concerned about rising home prices. And then our buddy over at Better Dwellings, Canada's doom, real doom, estate doom, bubble. Doom, 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 doom. You should do the. Won't the, be protected the, by population. We need a soundtrack growth. for Better Dwelling. Um, <laughs> right. Um, the, uh, what was I saying about the uh, hot housing market? So the, the news, right? The, the, does the news ever report the future? No, it, re- it reports the past. So no, no surprises there that you're going to see people still talking about how the market's super hot. I mean, really prices have gone up from a year ago. We're still looking at, you know, incredible prices. Like the price of a home is still incredibly high. Things have settled down to any real realistic number here. Um, Brokers seeing less. Sorry, go back. You're going so fast today. You're going so fast today. We'll go back to the better dwelling. Let's give them some press here. Hmm. Population growth. I've, I've mentioned this so many times. We had, we had 385,000 people come here in Canada in 2018, and the market was going down. I didn't know the numbers from 1989-90, but I knew that the population growth was really strong, and that graph shows it. I, I'm a 1,000% sure that population growth alone is not enough to uh, elevate home prices, right? Like it just one, one newcomers don't buy in, you know, in their first three years, right? Average, average uh, new immigrant rents for the first three years. Um, here you go. That's a great graph. I love it. This is the, you know, well, immigration is going to bail me out graph. Oh yeah. Well, let's look at what, you know, statistics Canada says about that. And you can see that there's no correlation. In fact, in 1990, when the prices dropped, that was the red line. You can see immigration increase percentage changed annualized was at the, the highest, the highest, even compared to today It was one of the highest immigration rates that we ever had. And yet house, house prices were at the, literally their lowest right? For, for percentage change wise, right? They dropped. So the, you know, immigration is, is not enough to, to, um, to save us. Now, this is a very like, the, the reason better dwelling is putting this article out here, right? Is because it only tells one side of the story, right? Oh, Basically, they don't like to do that. They... That's, that's, it's, like, it's like saying like immigration alone is the reason why, you know, housing prices will go up or down. Like immigrant demand alone, population growth alone is the only thing we should, the only metric we should look at to determine whether prices go up or go up. To me, it's, a, it's one metric. It's a very small metric and it's not the only one. You have to look at the unemployment rate. You have to look at, you know, what, what people are doing out there, what their consensus is, what their attitudes are, what the psychology is behind real estate as an investment. Interest rates are a factor too. Interest rates back in 1990 were still coming out of that 15% interest rate era, right? So people got clobbered. Delinquencies, you know, power sales. Isn't it hard to find people that are willing to accept that there's multiple reasons 
why this is happening. I mean, don't you find that it's like, it, it's this, it, it's, it's only like you, you have to mm. pick a side these days or you get crucified, right? Everybody's yeah. got an opinion, but nobody seems to work in, in, the, in the gray, in the middle zone. Everybody's like polarized on everything, whether it be blind bidding or, you know, like whether prices are going up or down, like there's still people that will argue with you on everything right now. And, and it's interesting because you can find an echo chamber anywhere right now that will quantify your beliefs, right? Yeah, validate so I, everything you have to say. Validate everything and anything. And like with a camaraderie, like, you, you know, like you wouldn't believe. So, so, so we talked about it a little last time, but I still don't know what leads what. Like, is the media leading the market or is the, mar the media following the market? Does the, like, are we sitting here talking about this so much and analyzing it so much and looking at everybody else's perspectives on it so much? Are we making it happen faster and worse in either direction? Mm -hmm. It exacerbates the, the, the trend, right? So when the market's up and, you know, we're talking about the media, like we're some big shot media here, right? But you know what I mean? More people on YouTube, the more people in the news media, print media, that kind of stuff, everybody's out there trying to, you know, basically talk about the past, which is what happened yesterday. That's what incurs more and more, uh, you know, um, emotion into it. So as people get the fear of missing out, which is the one way, which is prices are going up, I better jump in. Now everybody's saying, hey, just more fear again. Hey, prices are trending downwards. We're seeing, you know, multiple offers leave. We're seeing price reductions. We're seeing people sitting on the market and not getting the prices that they once were. Now everybody's afraid because they feel like, you know, well, what if I make a mistake like I'm hearing about? But let's just say like very clearly here, this is, this is the truth. Buying and selling in the same market is much less riskier in a down market than it is in an up market, right? Because in an up, in an up market, you know, the, this is what just happened. People were going and then they were buying first and they paid these crazy prices and then the market changed. And now there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of disparity, right? Like it's like you, but, you just- but, but hold on a sec. We have like this entire industry also the media, everybody has this like collective vested interest in making this thing like throttle like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point where all of us inside the industry for sure are sitting there going, man, this is way too crazy. Like, this is just way too crazy. And we have thumbnails that say, is this sustainable? And we, you know, we discuss it and we all think, fuck, yeah, I think so. Uh, it doesn't really seem like it really should mm. be. And, but hold on a sec. So the whole industry, what do we do? Do we like, do we stop and look around and maybe reset so that it doesn't get even worse when we're all sitting there going, hey, fuck, it's crazy. Stop. Like, this is nuts. No, what do we do? It's a good fucking time to buy. Let's go. Let's buy. Everybody buy. <laughs> buy, buy, buy. Right? And yeah. together as a collective, we push the thing up. And then, so what I'm saying here right now is like one person in Milton, there's a, a price reduction because somebody was stupid or somebody couldn't close or, 
somebody's laundering money or whatever the fuck happened, but they had to sell and they sold for less than the last guy. And then it goes on Twitter and it goes around and everybody's going, oh shit, is it, is it slowing down? Is it slowing down? And that little spark there that didn't have to get ignited, right? It could have just been, oh, it's an outlier. Like, didn't you hear that guy? Like, like whatever the fuck happened to him. And that's the reason don't even pay attention. Go, go, go. Everybody grabs onto and goes, fuck, you know what? We needed this spark, right? We really did. We needed the spark. So now all of a sudden people are grabbing onto it. And all those guys, all the bears, the perma bears are like, you see, I fucking told you. Perma bears. Boom, you get smothered That's a Twitter by term. I bet, I bet you you learned that from Twitter. There's like this phenomenon. It's like this romanticization of the market crashing that people will just never, ever, ever let go of. Like they do not care. It's like from birth they are just hoping for the doom and gloom. And like, I, I hope they understand exactly what's going to happen. The, the actual catastrophe of when a market does turn into what they're hoping for and the situations that many people are in. Like, it's not, it's not a good situation. I, I don't believe we're in that situation right now from what I'm, from what I'm seeing, from, from the amount of um, inflation that we've had, right? The value of the dollar has gone down from the interest rates that we're paying are still like incredibly low. This is not something that is like, you know, uh, anybody should be complaining about. I mean, in my entire home ownership, uh, you know, experience, right. We're talking uh, 12 years ago or something like that, like paying a 5% interest rate was pretty decent. You know, when it went down to three, that was like, wow, you're doing, you're doing really good. So, you know, to me that that should be something that should be expected. Um, we do have a lot of issues, like in order for a lot of new housing supply to come online, you got to build it. And I don't think anything's getting built cheap ever again. I, I mean, I, I don't see how any builder could even justify if the prices go down. I don't even think any projects will get launched. I think everyone will just put the brakes on. They'll say like, this is not a good time because of just how much those costs have actually gone up. So how are they supposed to create this oversupply of housing, which, you know, may or may not already exist. It's happening now. I guarantee you there's plenty of guys putting the brakes on already, not yeah, wanting sure. to sell into this thing. Yeah. So at the end of the day, for it to really significantly drop, you got to have people who are desperate enough to sell. You got to have bankruptcies. You got to have power of sales. Like anybody who I know who's claiming that it's going to be like the 1990s isn't old enough to remember back then, right? They're not old enough to remember back then. So when they're talking about how prices did change overnight. Like when I talked to my dad and, you know, Frank and other people and all that kind of stuff too, there was just like, there was like a whole street of power sales, a whole street. It was just like every, everybody lost their house because they overpaid and that they couldn't afford their mortgage anymore. Right. That's the type of stuff that we're seeing. And based on all the data, based on what we're, we're hearing, based on the anecdotal evidence, even though these people did pay a lot of price, there's lots of people with big mortgages. Don't get me wrong. But it's you have to have majority. a big mortgage. How do you not but have a not, big mortgage? But it's not the majority. There's a, there's a ton of people. There's a ton of young people who got into this market with family support. They're stable. They're stable. The stress test protected people who have higher interest rates from five years from now when they have to renew. Right? They're stable. There's a lot of people who, because of the stress test, only qualified for so much mortgage. So they had to, even though use a ton of equity. So I've sold a lot of people where they would be putting down three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars because that's the equity they had in their home. And they would be maxing out their mortgage, getting like a four or $500,000 mortgage because, you know, they're making 60, 70 grand, whatever it is, couple. And so they're, they're really stretching themselves as much as possible, but it's not like they're going to the point of 
you know, a million dollar mortgage on that type of income, right? So there really, there really has to be a lot more to change for me to ever get on the bandwagon to say that we're, but, we're, we're at the doomsday event here. I think that's happening a lot. I had a guy send me a, a message on Twitter saying like, you know, I, I make 70K, I want to buy a house for 900,000. And I'm like, like, how big is your down payment? Because that's a lot of money if you're doing 20% or 55% or- 550, 600K down payment. Well, on, on a $900,000 house- He wouldn't get qualified for any bigger mortgage than that, right? He'd get qualified for a you know $400,000 mortgage or whatever it is. So you need a lot of friggin' cash. 300 to $350,000 mortgage. Where's yeah. all this money coming from? I don't understand how everybody's got so much money to buy all these houses. It's really crazy. There's a huge shift in wealth. We just, this, this, this uh, um, census just came up, right? Millennials are now the largest population compared to the baby boomers. The baby boomers have children. Like I, 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 I'm telling you, this is what's going on. There's everybody who's sitting on three to $5 million worth of assets is looking at their kids and they're saying, I don't want them to move to Sudbury. I don't want them to move to Thunder Bay. I don't want them to go to that job in Chicago. I want them to be here near me. So I'm going to take my fill in the blank, cash it in, and I'm going to support them to buy the property so that they can have the same lifestyle that we had when we were starting our family 30 years ago. What percentage of the populace is in that bracket? A ton. There's a ton of the, the buying With three to $5 million worth of assets. Honestly, a lot of the people that I'm dealing with, yeah. Yeah, but that's not the answer. That's not the question. How many people in the actual population can A very do low this? percentage, but, but they're the ones who are the bank of mom and dad, right? They're the ones. Bank of mom and dad isn't the mom and dad who's, who've got, you know, a, a $700,000 house in Oshawa with the a $200,000 mortgage and, and no other retirement plans. How many people that have help from the bank of mom and dad can actually carry the asset through a, a deep downturn. They're not getting the mortgage size that, that you think, you know, a lot, a lot of the parents. Right. So they can afford to the kids are qualifying and they're giving them the down payment. Right. And then the ones who are co-signing obviously are financially strong. The bank is underwriting it. They're looking at the stress test. They're saying that Jim and Susan, the parents have got X amount of income. They got no debt on their property or very little. And so, yes, if they're on the mortgage with Sally and her husband, Billy, then they'll be able to support those payments later on if they get stuck. So there's much, much, much less risk on these mortgages today than there was. It's definitely not like the 2008 financial crisis. It's nowhere near, from my understanding, the 89, 90s crash. Nowhere near any of those things. Yes, prices went up way too much January, February, March. Those prices we may never see again. I have no idea. Right? Yeah, we'll see and, them. And by we're the trending end of downwards the year. right now, and it's going to stop eventually and, and stabilize, and things will then you know start to to, to recover. How we'll far see. it's going to go down? It's anybody's guess. I don't know. You, you so know, you have all these telling you they do know. They're just making stuff up. Yeah, everybody's full of shit. It's ridiculous. So yeah. but you got people saying, you know, interest rates are going to go like uh, Volcker style, you know, 20% or 15% and crazy. And it's like, like, how, how, how can a normal person know what the hell to do right now? Like, we all are full of shit. Everybody's full of shit. You go, you got articles from 1989. They had the exact same articles as right now. Like, 
today we're already showing like people are worried about prices going up and then the market's cooling. And if I keep going through the articles, we'll start to see how much it's cooling. Right. And, you know, we just if you listen to the intro of the show, you have to know that it's currently cooling. Right. How Mm. long does that last? Generally, the real estate market goes in one direction for a while, however long that while is, and then it goes back in another direction for a while, and nobody knows how long that is. But it's not like leaps and bloops and jumps and drops and craziness. I don't think it hasn't been in the past. It seems to maybe have that potential now. Based on my experience from 2017, when the um, B20 measures came and people pulled out of those markets that like the prices just went up too fast, mainly York region. I, I, I feel that the real, the real struggles struggles in the GTA will be in the 905 area. Those will be the biggest, the biggest issues that we're going to start seeing are in the 905 area because people started paying way too much money for properties. They started to take that sort of mindset of, Going from Toronto, if I'm gonna, you know, spend a million dollars, then why not go and spend a million dollars in Pickering? If I'm gonna spend a million dollars in Pickering, why not go spend a million dollars in Ajax? Spend, and then it got all the way out to Curtis. What if you right? what if you bought a five million dollar house in King City for God's sakes? Like, what the hell is going on? Those sales are down too, right? They have to be down. <laughs> this is but those people are more. You you better be you know more financially secure in those markets too. You just may not have a lot of buyers because those are smart people, so they're they're not going to be looking to, um, you know, be purchasing those type of properties as much anymore. But as far as like a major fallout of bankruptcies and 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 power sales, that that's actually a harder market to to justify that in. But those nine, like think about it. There's you just paid a million dollars for a townhouse in Curtis. Your neighbor just sold for eight hundred. A few months later, it's seven hundred. Right doesn't make you want to get up for work every single day. Right? Oh, makes you want to just kind of like get in the car and drive right. and leave the keys when behind. It's hard. It's hard. Oh, right? No, so, I'm stuck here because people thought they're like, I'm going to come in for a year, maybe nine months, maybe 16 months. I'm going to make a couple hundred grand and I'm going to get the house I really want. Yeah. So then right. they, then the, then the arguments start at home. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I got to live here for how long? Argument. You told me this was a great investment. You yeah. said that your yeah. mom was going to help. It was the agent. It was the realtor. He told me. He kept going. That goddamn just agent. Yeah. Get in the market. There's no bad time to get in the market. You just got to get in. <laughs> if you look at the 30-year chart, it only goes up, baby. <laughs> go, go, go. Don't worry. We'll get yeah. you the money. We'll get you the I know money. it's sad, but that's, it's guy. like you get... You get conditioned. You get conditioned. I, yeah. I was just, oh my God. Those, those people there, the people who took the, the Brampton mortgage or the Brampton loan, whatever they call it, oh, those fuck. ones there are going to be in real, in real big trouble. But, the, no, but, but then the divorce like, happens. That's and then one says, families. well, I want my down payment back. Right. And the other one says, well, I can't afford this house on my own. I'm living here. Do. I'm not leaving. You can't sell this place. I live here. What do you do? What do you do? Oh. Well, we're going to see some nutty stories. That's right? for sure. So, so hold on. A lot of, a lot of crap. This brings me to my next question, TK. So, so we spend a lot of time talking about immigration. A lot of people spend a lot of time talking about immigration and how it's a major driver. You took it down a few notches and made it one driver, which is correct. But 
you also mentioned in the past that like the market can turn when interest rates start moving. Like you have definitely said that. And I kept saying, nah, it's not going to happen. There's going to be so much immigration, so much flooding prices are going to keep going up. And you're like, I don't know, like once interest rates change the market, who knows what the hell is going to happen. Right. So, so now we're starting to see maybe it wasn't just a supply and demand issue. It was interest rates. Interest rates are the, only thing that moves this market no 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 No. to me it's buyer sentiment the buyers control the market the buyers decide when they want to pay the buyers decide how much they want to pay and that's it and right now buyer sentiment is low it is down buyers are like i'm nervous sentiment trumps all yeah in the short term right yes in the short term, like this is like a ball being held under water. No, like exactly. you- that's what we're in right now. So, and so then we have all buyers these- are, buyers are going to come back out again. And they're going to, like we talked about, they're going to need to move for certain reasons. And when they decide that they need to move, then they're going to get out their little mortgage qualification calculator online. That's free on the Scotiabank website. And they're going to type in their income and they're going to subtract their liabilities and they're going to say, okay, here's what I qualify for. What's the best house the bank will give me? Because I need it. I want it. I got to get that bedroom. <laughs> you know, that's Where's, what people do. They're impulsive. Yeah. Hang on. They're impulsive. Where, but now, now you don't like the answers to that question, no? As your house, well, oh, yeah, well, your house value is going you, down, your mortgage amounts going up. You do what you month. can. You 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 rationalize because everyone starts on the little ladder of you know of of prosperity, and they say, oh, let's see what Rosedale. Could I move to Rosedale? Can I get some Rosedale? No, okay, maybe Leslieville. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's a all big right. jump, right? You know, instead, let's just go to the Danforth. All right, all right, uh, okay, fine, Scarborough. Uh, you know what? Maybe a townhouse in Curtis is all I can afford. Uh-huh. But they, they go through that. They have to, Daryl. You have to. Buyers make the decision on three things. They look at... Um, what does this say here? What is they this place? They look at the type of home. George, they look George, at location. Gina? Georgie? <laughs> Coburg. Where the they fuck They can't is change Georgina? their budget. The bank tells them that. The type of home they need is what they need. It's going to be based off the size of the, the, the bedrooms and the, the, the detach or detach, whatever they're looking for. They need a yard. They need a garage, whatever. Then the location is the variable and that's what people adjust. And after they realize that they can't get a home in the area that they want and that their budget, it can't be increased and that they can't go to a one bedroom because they got three kids, they start to change locations until they find the best location that suits them to be able to move to. And that's what people are going to do. And once the sentiment changes, people will go back online to that calculator, figure out what it is that they can do and they will go and buy the best home that they can. And if enough people are affected... So now we talk about sentiment was the big change. If enough people are affected by those interest rate increases and the stress tests and what they can qualify for, then that number will be lower. And sellers will have to accept that lower number based on what the buyer's demand is and what the buyers are willing to pay. That's it. Simple. Yeah. If you're not the one selling and losing money and paying more every month now, then it's easy. Yes. Yes. Then it's easy. Or when the difference in your commission is $300 in your pocket while they're losing a hundred grand. It's a very different perspective, especially when you're fucking counting on that hundred grand so that you can afford, you know, 75% more house on that, on that hundred grand, right. By leveraging it. Now I like their whole world's falling apart. Yeah. I mean, if you're leaving this market, 
you you've done really well. So it's hard for me to say, you know, ooh, ooh. There are a lot if you're of leaving this market, if you're leaving this market, okay, because you know, you're, you've been in it for a while, you're getting out and, and you're still selling at an incredible price. So good, good for you for being in the market in the first place. If you bought recently and, you know, you don't have a plan for, you know, at least five years to be able to hold on to that property. Again, it's really hard for me to be, you know, compassionate yes. because at the end of the day, yes. you go, you, you should be buying real estate long-term. You shouldn't be looking at selling it quickly, you know, and, and, and speculating and turning it over really quick. And if you're buying and selling in the same market, like the example you just give, there's no problem. You have no issue. If you need to move, you can still move. If you need a bigger house, smaller house, different locations, this market still facilitates all that. And you shouldn't have any real major issues. You need a professional to come in, look at your situation. There are plenty of situations. I just had a call, a call or a text from somebody uh, yesterday who sold for, actually call today, sold first. Call on another listing two days ago, sold first. People are scared to sell first, but it's the right move to make in a lot of situations, right? Yeah. Sell first. Absolutely. I guess now as inventories are climbing, I guess you can sell first and feel yeah. a little put, safe. Put your house on the market, get it sold. When I moved in 2014, I sold first. Yeah, but you're like a multi-billionaire. What's the difference? You buy this, I know, for you buy that, you buy houses all over the place. When I sold, when I sold, I had to, I had to, uh, you know, make sure that I knew what I had going into the next place. I wanted to know, and I knew the area I wanted, and I wasn't really that, you know, too concerned about finding a place. I had options. So tell me, TK, if we look here, Una momento, por favor. Where's here? Follow. Uh, actually, it is Vancouver. Okay, we are going to Vancouver. Are you ready? Here Live we go. From Vancouver, our correspondence here with. Boom. Yeah. Oh. Greater Vancouver real estate sales. Did I say that right? Real estate sales drop 30% enters balanced market. What the fuck is a balanced market? 30% sales a new listing ratio. 40 to 60%. Yeah, but they, their prices scary? went up for them though in April. So they still climbed from March to April. Enough with your Jedi mind tricks, TK. April 2022. Home sales down 41% from last year, dropped 27% from March. I believe that's March the month before, probably. So TK, the question is, the question is, the question mm. is, and it's a good thing I'm the guest, how quickly is this thing gonna flip and drop and how deep well i mean it's already flipped it's trending already downwards. Ready it's going flipped. up now it's going down that's what a happened. great time to buy everybody get in go <laughs> hey you know what it, it may be the opportunity to buy that people are are underestimating right you know the you arm very... bar broker is not twisting your arm to buy anything it may, it may be the only opportunity of 2022 that is a great opportunity to buy. There, there's deals out there for sure. There's definitely a chance that you could have still overpay. So you got to be careful, but there's definitely deals out there. Um, the strategy how far now? is it going to go? You know, like I'm, I was looking at the Toronto numbers. So it was showing me like what the average price was in 20 uh, in April, 2022 compared to 
all of the months in 2021. So we're still well above like all of 2021. There's no month that's even close to 2021. And I remember sitting there in 2021 and thinking, my God, these prices are high. Wow, I can't believe you can get so much money for a house. Sure, sure. Right? So to, to me, 2020 seems really far away to be to be even contemplating that prices could, could go back that far. What do they have at to this, drop? What do they have to this, drop to get to that point? Is that a 50% drop? It would be like a 30% drop or something like that. So some areas are close to that, if not higher than that already. Well, based on the April numbers, right? But um, either way, like I don't have enough of a, of a foresight to tell that 2020 sales were, were prices that are ever going to come back, right? A lot has changed here. The value of the dollar has gone down a lot since then, right? People have to spend more money on other things a lot. The dollar, the value of the dollar has gone up a lot. According to Statistics Canada, 6.7%, the, 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 the value of the dollar has gone down, but right. According to the CPI, but that, but that we all know is, is not real. Like that, that's a very underrepresented uh, statistic. So if it could be like 10%, if our buying power with the dollar has gone down 10%, then those properties that were uh, in 2020, um, that were sold in 2020, we're using those dollars from back then, right? So it's like, you'd have to have a significant drop in real estate prices to be able to get anywhere close to 2020 because but inflation if, does prop them up a little bit, so. So if you bought something in Bancroft or Durham or Peterborough right now, like you're, like their their prices are way down, like way down, like some of them in like the 30 to 50% range. 30 from, to 50% just from, from February peak. peak pricing. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Of course you haven't because I haven't seen as, that. as the commenters say, we here yeah. at the Canadian real estate show, what do we, we fart rainbows and dance with unicorns. What do you mean? The prices we, are going down. What do you rot. mean? Yeah. I am, what do you mean? There's more listings in this area. Uh, you know, no, I have, I, I have not seen any evidence as such. I, report, I reported and if you as look I see at it. the 30 year average. Yeah, you'll see I reported the prices. As I see it. You do. Peterborough is overvalued. I know that. It was like I don't want to hear it. You'd market in Canada. Don't show it um, to me. I call it as yeah. I see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> don't show me, please. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about the Peterborough market to tell you what I think the prices are doing there. Um, but I know, I know for sure for us to go back to 2020 or beyond, it seems highly unlikely based on what I'm seeing today. And I'm still seeing a, a significant demand of people looking to buy real estate. So as it's long as the demand's there and people are willing to buy, also the qualifying rate, like people don't people don't break down like how much these qualifying rates impact the cost of borrowing, right? Like we had the stress test implemented. It was a twenty percent reduction in the in the um, um, buying power that the buyers had, and buyers adjusted to that within six months, right? So, you know, yeah, maybe we've well, got that's another... the thing. That's the thing is people sit on the sidelines, they figure it out and then they adjust and they come back in. So how many investors are sitting there who raised funds, who are sitting on piles of cash, maybe just sold out at the top of the market? I mean, they need to do something. So where, where, where is the point where it's like, like it can't, it, it was a good deal last month. Now it's even better. Yeah. Now it's even better. Like I when, talked to a guy yesterday. I talked to a guy who's looking to buy an apartment building and I told him that 
right now we should just watch because I'm watching no activity in that market and I'm seeing prices come down. So I told him just to keep an eye on it and wait for the deal to make sense. You know, he's long-term buy and hold. He's not looking at anything other than, you know, what the cash flow is going to be and uh, cap rates right now we know are going up. So people are starting to get better returns because interest rates are a little bit higher. So, you know, we're keeping an eye on it. He asked me when I think the time is again, I was just giving him a, a timeline. I said, I'd probably expect it to happen this summer when people who are a little bit more desperate are going to come out and, uh, you know, be forced to, you know, accept lower prices. Right. Yeah. Cause there may not, may, may not be as many buyers. Um, so who can't wait a couple of months to see what happens. Isn't... That's on the commercial multifamily side. I, I, I don't even know. But if even, it's in take that long. even in a house, even in a house, why would that long? Would you, what would you tell a client right now? Would you say, Hey, like, don't give are me they the buying whole, like, only or are they buying and selling? They sold already and they're buying. That they sold already. I mean, they're going to be homeless. So look at all the options you got. Make a few offers. Be realistic. Look at your numbers. Look at the sales. Don't base it off of anything that happened January, February, and March. Base it on what else is available right now. Talk to the Tavier agent. Talk to the other agents to see where prices, where, where sellers are willing to go and try to get the best deal you can. You're moving in for your own house. You've already sold. Whims if you're wrong and you wait around until the fall and all of a sudden now, you know, prices stabilize and you can't get a good deal anymore. Great point. And, so this and is you've the moved other twice thing. And you're renting. So so an agent can't win because that that is the that that could be the scenario where people sit on the sidelines, wait, and all of a sudden prices are back where they were. And you saw a few outliers that had to sell, and now everybody else is like back to back to normal or back to the old way of doing things. Or I don't know. I mean, a few years at maybe only 15 or 30% growth in a row. Like yeah. we'll get, we'll get back. I think fairly quickly from wherever. Here's, the hell here's we another go. thing too, because we're, we're at the end of the show here. Really all this depends on government policy. Yes. Government right? policy. Interest rates are one thing, but OSVI, you know, even though they're trying to de-risk the market and they're trying to make certain changes, they could take this market. It, it seems like none of the arms of the government seem to speak to each other. So everyone's trying to do the same thing all at the same time and it's compounding it. But OSVI could end up, you know, restricting uh, the, the uh, lending capabilities of, of the institutions. So then there's going to be less of a uh, availability of credit or, or they could remove the stress test. Or they could raise the roof for uh, insured mortgages, or but, they could exactly make it a hundred year amortizations. Exactly. So there's, there's other little things here that, you know, once the market changes, the government policy could come in and all of a sudden now everyone goes, oh, wow, interest rates are at five. So we don't need the stress test anymore. It seems like they've stabilized. We'll remove it. And so then people will just qualify at the rate that they're actually getting, which is the same as what it was last year or this year, earlier this year. So yeah, as we watch that qualifying rate climb up, they might maybe take the stress test from two to one, then one to, to zero, who knows? But right now there's, there's just not enough information to go on. Uh, you really got to look at everything and make sure you're doing the right you know, decision for you and your family. Why are you buying? If you are an investor, I, I, I see no reason why you should jump into the market right now based strictly on a speculative play right? You should be looking at it as like, you know, if I can get the numbers to work and I'm, and I'm cash flowing, then I'm going to buy the property, but I'm not just going to buy it. Cause I think it's going to go up later. I think you were stupid for doing that last year. So you're even dumber if you're doing that now as the market's going down. Right. So, you know, you have to really look at those type of situations um, to make sure that you're, 
really making the right decision, right? But if you're an end user and you're full of fear, talk to your agent, come up with a plan, have a bunch of fail safes. There's lots of clauses that can be inserted into agreements to make things better for a buyer to, to, to buy or a seller to sell. There's a ton of options that people have and uh, utilize them, you know, get, get somebody who knows what they're doing so that you can actually make that move and that you don't feel like you're getting caught in the market when it, when it changes more or it continues on the path it's on. TK, you've been a wonderful host. Thank you so much for having Thank me on this episode. Joining me today, Daryl, you've been an amazing guest. I think this is like record breaking, uh, you know, views on this video today. Everyone's going to want to hear what imagine. you have to say. I would imagine. Thank you. I would imagine. Thank you for having me. You can find me on Twitter at the Frankfurt Report. If you're still watching, if you care, if you want to yeah. be like, uh, comment, subscribe, get in there. Yeah in there get in there drop a comment say what you got to say speak your mind it's anonymous it's youtube no one's gonna know and it's fun it's fun that's where the fun is on this show that's where the fun is in the comment section below mm. and don't forget to leave a comment or a review on apple podcasts yes 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 that's do that as well that we're hoping do that for as well yeah and tk in yeah. case we almost forgot. What was TK. it? Check us out on Spotify. No, yes. that wasn't it? No, that wasn't it. TK. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I'm, I think all you the deserve mothers a, out there. I think you deserve a break today. Happy, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. All Enjoy the mothers out there. Beautiful Sunday. Everybody who identifies as a mother as well. If you have a mother, if you had a mother, if you are a mother, if you need a mother, Happy Mother's Happy Day. Mother's if Day. you know a mother. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Subscribe. Daryl. We'll see you next week. New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.